This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brendan Spinner, Michael Burns, and Kyle Rose. Welcome back into the Barrels and Barrels podcast, episode two. Boys, week one was great. Let's keep going going forward. Uh, Do want to welcome everybody in that voice you just heard. Uh, we didn't mention it last week. I need to mention it this week. Um, Andrew Bellison, you may know him as Andy Bellison or Chicago Cubs PA on Twitter. Uh, a big thank you and a big shout out to him for recording that open for us. He used to be the PA announcer at Wrigley Field, so it was really cool. Yeah, it gives me chills uh, just hearing, hearing yeah. my name announced. Yeah. Mike Ober. But yeah, it's, it's so sweet. And uh, he's fantastic. He got that job through YouTube because back when the Ricketts bought the team, yeah, they did a uh, a, co- a competition through YouTube videos of you announcing the lineup, and he was whittled down into the finalists, got the job. He was there with them for 10 years, and I think he uh, went on to bigger and better things. Um, he's now the voice of the Windy City Independent League Baseball team, which just finished up their season. Kyle, they actually play um, the Florence Yells. So he is, he is their uh, – their play-by-play voice. So a big thank you to Angie Bellis, Andy Bellison. Uh, and also, I want to give a shout-out to all our listeners. I know I had a lot of people chime in and tell me they were listening. A few are Dustin, Scott, Amanda, Chris, uh, a guy named Strott, and uh, Kristen. So any of you guys get some good feedback from last week? Dude, this week has been incredible. Yeah, it's been so fun. Mike? Yeah, I, I, just the immediate feedback in, in less than a week was so much fun to see. All, everyone just showing love, even though, you know, oh, so here's this newly, newly three guys, you know. But, no, they didn't hold back. Yeah, yeah. so a big, uh, big shout-out to all of those of you who listened to Episode 1 and to all of you listening now to Episode 2. This week, we're going to change it up a little bit. We are a bourbon and baseball podcast. Again, this is the Barrels and Barrels podcast, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Last week, we started baseball. This week, we are going to start with a bourbon. Uh, I am going with one that's special here, and I want to break it down a little bit. I haven't opened it yet. It's one of my newest bottles. Uh, Starlight Distillery, Carl T. Huber's, which is a distillery out of Indiana. This is their port barrel finished whiskey. It's a bourbon whiskey, uh, 106.2 proof. But what makes this so special is this was a pick uh, by Major League Bourbon, uh, the Major League Bourbon Clubhouse. You can find him on Instagram. But this one is called the Machine 106.2 or also known as Port Jules. In honor of Albert Pujols getting his 700th home run in his career last week, uh, Friday, which we'll break down more here in just a minute, but I figured that was kind of apropos. Do you actually pop pronounce the, the J in Portals? I think it's just, you don't say Pujols. Portals? It's not Pujols, it's Pujols. So that Pujols. would be Portals. But the J is the H. Yeah. Port- Portals, not Portals. All right. All right, mister. I bought four, but didn't get any for myself. <laughs> Here's the thing. Michael and I were supposed to do this together, but I'm doing it by myself. So not, No, no, no. That wasn't supposed to do it together. Oh, I just you just blew you. the pop. I heard the pop. You, just, you heard the pop? I heard the pop. Michael. We're going to have to put Michael in like kangaroo court or something. I have to hold a button so, to talk. This is a four-year bourbon. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. That's a fine. Aged in port barrels. Uh, it's a bourbon whiskey. Ooh, do you hear that? 
perfect sound of that pour. Um, so as I'm getting a sniff and a smell of this, Michael, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I pulled out, uh, I pulled out Smoke Wagon Uncut. I thought with the portholes, you know. What batch number fruity. is that? Usually this gives me some fruity notes on it. And I think we lost Michael, Kyle, or you lost me. Sorry. My internet went down the fritz again. What batch number was that? I don't have a sticker on this one. This one didn't come with a sticker on the back to say which batch. Huh. But it is... It's, it's, it's a fake one. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, I won't uh, reveal where I bought this, so, you know. But, no, it's, it's, it's good. That's when I was... Surprise! I compare it to uh, even like the Blue Note uh, Uncut. It, they're they're very similar in in profiles, fruity notes on it. Okay, so the nose was a fruity cinnamon. Uh, definitely, you could you could definitely get a hint of the wine that it's been uh, aged in the port barrel. Um, and taste was a lot different than I anticipated. Boy, that was hot up front. Very good. I'm here, Kyle. And Kyle, what are you drinking? Water? <laughs> I, I got nothing this week. He didn't even bring water, bro? No. Uh, we'll break that down a little bit as well. Boy, that's a good, that's yeah, a really good pour. That's going to be a dangerous pour. Uh, and that's the neck pour right this there. Is, it usually gets better as it opens up. I don't believe in the neck pour. No? No. I think that's just a Michael Burns thing. It's a Michael Burns <laughs> thing? Yeah. I think, I mean, which bottle okay. did I... So I opened up a bottle and I came back to it months later. I came Two different instances. One I came back to you later and it was not better. It was worse. And another one I came back to and it was much better. Wow. Okay, so there's very, very strong fruit with that. Uh, apricot is what's really coming through for me um, with a little bit of cherry. Uh, very good stuff. The finish didn't last as long as I expected. That's what she said. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, you no, no bet. All bets are off here, Kyle, once we start the bourbon. Oh, you um, work with me. You know what this is like. Oh, yeah, oh I know. I know. Uh, I don't want to know what you guys do at work. <clears throat> very good pour. Um Carl T. Huber's Starlight Distillery, awesome stuff. They're out of uh, southern Indiana. I think it's about a 45-minute drive north of uh, Louisville. Cool place. I've heard the distillery is a fantastic visit. I haven't been there yet, but I do plan on going. I know, Michael, you've got family that are close to there. Is it Pittsburgh, uh, Indiana? No, uh, Scottsburg, Indiana. And then... Uh, Scottsburg, yeah, Indiana. 45, so. minutes, 45 minutes north of Indiana. And they're actually... I know one of them, one of uh, my uh, my wife's aunts, I think, listened to the first episode last week. So that's pretty cool, you know. Cool. So we give yeah. a shout out well, to, shout out to her. Kathy if she listens. Yeah. To I smell a road trip. Yeah, we're going to have to go. It's definitely going to be a good one. Uh, so, Michael, did you taste your smoke wagon uncut yet? Oh, I'm giving a review of the smoke wagon uncut tonight, even. Yeah, that's that's the point I of this it podcast. The, it's a bourbon. It's a bourbon your, and baseball podcast. That we talk baseball featured. while sip on bourbon. Yeah, I thought that's uh, you the feature bourbon of the, the review tonight. You know. So as we call it in the 
in the um, <laughs> in the broadcast industry, we're going to break the fourth wall here. Um, if you think about acting, you've got the third, the three walls in a play. The fourth wall is broken, right? And uh, <laughs> this is going great. Well, the fourth wall. We have a show prep meeting beforehand to talk things, and we talk this through. And Michael still not paying attention. We're going to give him some slack this week because he's a double girl dad by himself. Um, but he well, uh, wife is on a on, on a little bit mini vacation. She's doing a horse show this week. So where's the horse show at? She's Oklahoma. In, she's in Oklahoma City. Okay, so. cool. Did she? Uh, I assume she drove mm-hmm. with the. They got, did they they got to bring send the horses. horses. Yeah, they sent the, right. well, they sent the horses if, on the plane with them. You know, you ever seen horses yeah. load up on the plane? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know if they sent someone ahead of time and she met them in a plane because that actually could happen. But all right. So, what are your notes on the uh, smoke wagon? So it's not really. I mean, it's it's a open, nearly one twenty proof. So it's not, that's what was, makes this smoke wagon good, is it's not spicy, even though it's such a higher proof. So what's that mean for a non-bourbon drinker like me? So the higher you, proof? The higher proof. Why is it spicy? <laughs> the higher proof usually, you know, is the more, was it alcohol, more alcohol content. So the more the higher the proof, usually it, it it burns more. But the good high proofs, they don't necessarily burn. But now as you get used to the higher proofs, you go back down to those lower ones, 80, 90, in my opinion, and they start to taste syrupy, watery more. Where once you get used to the high proof, you really are able to pull out the flavors of the high proof bourbon. That's where it's at. Yeah, it's I my sweet spot is between about a hundred and a hundred and twenty-five proof. Anything less than that, it's good. I mean, that's a it just tends to have a little. Well, I love bottle and bond, which is one hundred, and we'll get into a bottle and bond later on in the podcast for those of you just tuning in who don't really have any bourbon or whiskey knowledge. But bottle and bond, just a quick, quick fix on that is, it's a hundred proof. We'll get more into what it makes it a bottle and bond bourbon or whiskey down the road. Uh, but I'm a sucker for bottle and bonds and I love a high proof bourbon or a rye. Um, usually they say rye has more of a spicy feel to it. I haven't right. fully gotten on board with that because there are some very sweet ryes that I've had um, that go against or debunk that uh, that thought. Um yeah, I've been, but I've, been proven, then, I've been proven wrong about rye where, you know, mostly in yeah. blind tests where I'm like, man, this is pretty mm-hmm. good. And it's like, oh, it's a rye. And I'm like, oh, nice. So I will say this is a fantastic pour. So if you get a Starlight Distillery port barrel pick or finish. So what that means, Kyle, is it was aged. In order for it to be bourbon, it has to be aged in a brand new charred oak barrel. In order for it to be considered bourbon, it also has to meet some other criteria. And again, that could be an episode down the road uh, when because we've got a huge agenda here, folks. I'm not going to try to waste too much time on the whole bourbon part of it and teaching. We'll get that uh, later on in some later episodes. But uh, so it has to be aged in a brand new charred oak barrel from the United States, uh, and within that, it uh, it can be in there for. 
two hours to be considered bourbon. It doesn't have to be in there for longer than the moment it hits it. But usually it's aged for a couple of years. One, two, or some of your younger bourbons. And then... Uh, two years. No. No. That, nope. It's to, that is not true. Uh, look, look it up. Do some homework, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it doesn't... It's not considered bourbon, and it doesn't even have to be a barrel. It can be an open container made of charred oak. So that's another thing people don't realize. it A container of any sort that is made of oak and charred. So when this is called a port finish or finish in port barrels, they take it out of that original barrel, and they put it into a new barrel, this <laughs> port wine. So they'll buy those barrels from other countries, French or out into Spain, and that's where they age them again uh, for a couple months, a couple years. It all depends on what the distillery is planning on doing or what kind of flavor pro- profiles they're looking for. Um, but the age on the bottle itself is how long it was in the original barrel. And so this is a four-year uh, barrel, uh, 106.2 proof. And this is a single barrel, meaning this juice came from one single barrel alone uh a lot of the other ones you go to buy a jim beam you go to buy a jack daniels those are large batches for the most part but there are some bourbons or some whiskeys that come in what we call a small batch uh, and that is when they take four five six different barrels maybe 10 12 different barrels mix them all together blend them and then put them in a uh, and bottle them all together so it's got different flavor profiles so a single barrel alone is ex- going to be Extremely special and uh, unique to itself. There will never be a bottle that tastes just like this because it came, well, other than the 150 or 160, sometimes it could be closer to 200 depending on age and length and barrel and how good the barrel is. Uh, There's a lot of different science and factors behind bourbon, which me as a scientist loves. uh, And that's why I gravitated towards the... Uh, nerd alert, but that's part that's part of the whiskey thing that I I really enjoy is learning the processes and how the weather actually can affect um, whiskey or bourbon, and that's why in Scotland you have longer aged whiskey than you would here because the weather there is not as hot and the height the cycling, and that's another thing we'll dive in as a topic and maybe we'll do some bourbon one hundred and one and then I think dive yeah, in bourbon, bourbon university would be good because pretty sure bourbon must be aged at least two years according to my sources. I'm ready. According to your sources. According to my source. But well, the distillery tours that I've been on have debunked that. So look at your sources clearly. Um, but okay, as we go through, so that was a uh, Albert. Also, portals. there could be an argument made that since it's been f- finished in some other barrel, that it's not actually a bourbon since it's been modified. But we can we can we can we can discuss that at a later date. We'll get to that at a later date. So I want to transition. The machine hit number seven hundred last week, last Friday. He hit. Not just seven hundred. He also hit six ninety nine in the same game. Yep. How off. awesome was that? After everybody off, everybody maybe waiting like, oh, yeah. he's only at six ninety eight. We can go to this weekend and see him. He'll be at home. Nope, doing the same game. The place was nuts though. And what I found really cool is he played in L A last year as a Dodger. So it's not like the Dodgers were rooting against it. 
like the Dodgers fans itself. I mean, it would be cool to see history, but still it's like, oh, they're doing he's doing it against my team or in my ballpark, but still like the fact that he was uh, the, it's hard to remember because it was only for half a season, yeah. but he was a Dodger. Oh, yeah. When I went looking up to see like his statistics and the year he went over to L.A., uh, Anaheim, you know, mm-hmm. to, to also see that, say, L.A.D., I was like, oh, yeah, he did go over there as the near D.H. Is there, oh, no, they didn't have a D.H. that year. He was their first baseman now, or a bench piece, bench bat. Mm-hmm. This year was the first year that they had an implemented DH outside of COVID. Yeah, I love, I love the move that the Cardinals did by adding him immediately for, as the mm-hmm. DH. Really, Especially wish. when you have y- Yachty and Wayno and Albert, which are all potentially on their last year. I'm assuming well, Wayno might come back. Were they uh, all on the, that, on the team in 2011 when Pujols was still there? So, man, I mean, I really yeah. wish Pujols never left. I mean, at the time, it, as a Cubs fan, it was... It was juicy that ha, Pujols left, you know. But when 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 he when he walked out I'm, opening day for the Angels, I'm, I'm happy he left, and I'm happy he got trash for a couple of years in Anaheim because it made me make me feel better about my Cubs fandom. But so last week, the two biggest stories were Albert Pujols, also Aaron Judge. He had 60 when we recorded our last podcast today, September 28th. He still has 60, um, which I don't think any of us or anybody thought that we would still be waiting for that AL record breaker uh, because it has been done in the past, but it was all done in the NL between Barry, Mark, uh, as well as Sammy. Yep. But uh, I'm surprised he hasn't done it. What about you guys? Yeah, and he's still got some tough pitching matchups for the remainder of the season. He's got... Toronto in the, in the last last three games uh, coming up. Then he's got Baltimore, which those they've had some young pitchers come up. And I think last week they had three guys pitch into the ninth inning with two complete games out of Baltimore pitchers. The bullpen got a got a nice break. So wow. it's, he he doesn't have an easy road like like the Cardinals do for the rest of the season. They have six seven games. Against the Pirates, three at home, three away, I think, to, for the end of the season. Yeah. Well, they already clinched, so that really doesn't doesn't matter. But, yeah, that is a cake kind of schedule. I'm watching the game right now. Judge is 0 for 2. He's walked. Uh, he's batting 313. That's another thing. I was doing research yeah, today. He dropped. So his his batting average has dropped a little bit. Last week, I think it was 318 when we were recording. Coming into play tonight, he was batting 314. But do you know what his September slash line is? It's ridiculous. He's batting 423 in September. Goodness. 423. It's not like we're a couple days or a couple weeks in. It's September 28th. We're a full four weeks into the month. No small sample. He's got nine home runs. Yeah, no small samples there. 423. He's walking 25.2% of the time. He's striking out only 23.4% of the time. What blows me away. His on-base percentage is 566 this month. That means 56.6% of the time, for those of you who aren't baseball fans, he gets on base, whether that's a base hit or a walk. Do you have how many walks? And his slugging. How many walks? Uh, I, didn't look, I didn't look up the walks, but uh, <laughs> Kyle, producer Kyle, he'll get on that. Uh, his slugging percentage in the month of September. I, hold on, hold on. Eight. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. I heard the first number. 872. 
872. So his OPS is a robust 1.438 just in the month of September. And it's not like it's been a strong first half and he lacked in the second half. I mean, his numbers are better in the second half hitting-wise. He's hitting 362 in the second half of the season. That's since the All-Star break, which was mid-July. It's all the crown. Yeah, and I mean, he's only hit 27 home runs. Um, But the Triple Crown, he still leads in all three categories as of coming into tonight. He's down to th- down to 313 as I watch this game live. Um, and it looks like the Yankees are coming to bat against Tim Meza, uh, a lefty. So that would bode well if Judge does get to him. But I don't think he'll be due up this inning as Aaron Hicks steps to the plate. So we are on. Oh, he, he is due to the. He's on deck. So we might have number 61 live as we're recording this. Did you say he's leading all categories? Because I have otherwise in my research. For the AL, which is where the Triple Crown comes from. It comes from the league that you're in. So he leads the AL in batting percentage. Uh, Freddie leads the league at 327 coming into play today. But in Triple Crown, the league in RBIs. Right. uh, At 131 coming into tonight as well. Right. Judges coming into the box right now. Yep. Coming into the plate tonight, Aaron Judge, 314, 60 home runs, 128 RBIs. For those non-baseball fans or just casual, Triple Crown means he's leading the entire American League. Uh, So all 15 of those teams in the American League in all three of those statistics, which nowadays you can kind of say some of them are archaic because of the way on-base percentage and slugging work. But uh, to lead that, there's only been one person in most people's lifetime right now who have done that, and that was Miguel Cabrera. Um, if you go back, there has been done a couple other times. I believe Frank Robinson has done it. Uh, Mickey Mantle, I believe had done it before. Uh, so it's extremely rare to not just hit 60 home runs, which has been done in the American league a handful of times, uh, but also to lead the league in all three of those categories. To not be that guy who swing, necessarily swinging for the fence, but also that contact guy getting the base hits as well. Yeah. Right. And you can call it clutch if you want. I mean, if you hit 60 home runs, I would hope that you had more than 100 RBIs because that means that people were on base when you did it. Uh, but 128 runs batted in, that's what an RBI is for those uh, who are just getting into baseball. Do you guys know who is second in the league in home runs? How far back? Don't cheat. Don't cheat, Kyle. I, I don't <laughs> Kyle looked. Cheat. I have it in my notes. Yeah. In the Kyle's AL or NL? Kyle Schwarber. So he leads the National League at 42. My boy Schwarbs. Miss him. Do you know who is second behind him in the AL, though? Aaron Judge? No, I know the NL guys. I don't know the AL. It's it's almost half of Judge's home runs. Jordan Alvarez, who missed a handful of games. He was having a great first half. But he's only got 37. So, like, Judge is 23 home runs ahead. So, he's got that category locked in. Uh, RBIs, I think he'll be okay uh, unless Jose Ramirez just goes on an absolute tear because he's in second at 119 coming into play today. I haven't looked at statistics um, for today yet. But uh, coming into play today, Jose Ramirez is at 119. So, Judge has him by nine RBIs. 
but it's the batting average because Luis Arias from the Twins is batting 313, coming into play as of uh, one o'clock this afternoon. So he's tied. So that with is going to be. Is Je- what'd you, what'd so he's tied with him right now, unless Arias is 0 for two or 0 for three tonight as well. Judge is um, 0 for two. And, over two with a walk, uh, and he's got a three and two count on him right now against the lefty. So I got one eye on the podcast, one eye on the game. <clears throat> but the numbers this dude has put up, his WAR, so that's considered wins above replacement, is ten point nine. Ten so that means double digits. Ten point nine. Yeah, that means he was roughly worth eleven wins to the team. That's, play, it's that's a, a contender right there. That sabermetric makes you a contender right there. Oh, that's I mean, that's should be a unanimous MVP. But we've got a unicorn in the game called Shohei Otani, who will steal a couple of votes because uh, he's doing something that uh, he only did last year, and even Babe Ruth didn't even do when he was. Ooh, he f- called it back. Yeah. No, so yeah. so what Aaron Drudge do. Otani's war, I, the second best war. I didn't look at what it was or who it was, but I believe it was 7.8. Okay. So he's got a full still three would wins. Beat the, I think the top guy in the NL, I think uh, Goldschmidt yeah. and Arenado are both tied at 7.7. Yeah. And it depends on each. War is a, uh, a statistic brought to you by some calculations, and a couple different websites have their own way to calculate war. Oh, so, oh, oh, uh, oh. I was... At the track, it's on 62. There's number 61. Is that 61? Yeah, number 61. Number 61. You're Man. you're about three seconds ahead of me, but there it was—a two-run bomb by Aaron Judge, and he just set the AL record. Someone um, in the left field stands just ties the AL record. Okay, it. so ties it. 62 so, will break it. Do we think this person, like the Pujols fan? Keeps the ball. We'll keep the. It was in the bullpen, so they get the ball. Nice. The ball didn't clear it into the stands. It went into the bullpen. I but they're out celebrating when. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Well, we are. Uh, you're going to hear this a day later, but it and already know what happened. But we were doing the podcast live when it happened. Do you know where you were? Uh, so, as far as judge, do we think he's going to get the triple crown after that bomb? He obviously has two of the categories, but that kind of bumped him up with a point. Is that bump up a point right there? Maybe. <laughs> so he's got. Let's see. Live statistics has him still at three thirteen. Uh, it didn't update. With an incredible season that we've had in baseball, you kind of like Pujols hit seven hundred. All these history making things that have happened. It, it's kind of like the cherry on top of the Sunday. Oh, for sure. You want you want this to happen, and it's been what we said ten years since the last one. The last Triple Crown was 2012 by M- Miggy. Right. Uh, and the last one from that, I believe, was back in the 60s mm-hmm. or early 70s. So uh, it's a very rare thing. Um, just think about Cheers. how many years of baseball there's been. Just Cheers. Yeah. AL record. A social. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to. Cheers the camera. Yeah. Kyle's going with his guitar pick. Wow. That was cool. I think. The couple things out of this year in baseball alone is I don't know if we'll ever see a 700 home run hitter again, the way the game's trending right now. Uh, in what ways do you mean oh, trending? I have another way that I don't think you're thinking. Well, I think there's more home runs than there were in the past, but 
more people are hitting home runs rather than one guy. Like the guy in second place has 42 home runs. So in order to hit seven home runs in your lifetime, say you hit an average of 50 over 10 years, you still have to hit 200 more. Between health, between the way baseball has trended with aging out older players, they're they're not signing players these days that are that really point. over 32 or 33 years old. That was my point. Again, uh, they're going younger. younger. They're going cheaper. So baseball is a longevity. Yeah, 314 is now where he's at. He should have gone up because it would make him one for three today. But, boy, wow, what a bomb. That was awesome. Uh, even Aaron Judge. Uh, Kyle, if you could do a quick look up, where is Judge's career home run at? I know he'll turn 30 this year, or he's 31. Um, so that means he's got to play X amount of years. And I think Pujols is, what, 42 right now on his birth certificate in the United <laughs> States, whether that's true or not. Yeah. But I he's am, 42. I am but 42 he, from Benchwarmer's career home runs, you <laughs> yeah. say? Yeah, career home runs and his age. I think he's going into his 31-year-old season next year. He might be going into 32. Um, and as he's looking that up, I mean – I think he gets the triple. So he's at 218. So that makes and it 219. 30. Okay. I'm about to get so paid. So he's 30. He's about to get paid. He's 30 years old. So he's at 218. 700 minus 218, that's going to be 482. In 10 years, he has to average 48.2 home runs a year for the next 10 years. By age 40. By age four. Okay, so give it two more years. Say twelve. Same age as Pujols. Pujols. Right. That's so cool. if if he's got to hit four hundred and eighty-two in twelve years, uh, and that's assuming he's healthy for all twelve of those years, we don't have another shortened season from a pandemic or a uh, an ungodly act, a strike. Thankfully, we got past this past year. He still has to average forty point one six home runs gosh. a year for twelve years. So. Uh, that just shows you how ridiculous it is. Uh, I believe Pujols was the third one to do it, right? Barry, uh, Hammer and Hank has 714, and I think Albert at 700 is third on the list. Don't quote me on that 100%, but A-Rod was oh, at six, what were you 696. Saying? Who's the other one? The babe, the great Bambino. Oh, that's right, because he hit uh, 710. because that's. The king of crash, man. Yeah, Babe Ruth. Who overrated. is she? <laughs> I'm going to die on that hill. Um, oh, God. So, while we're going... Michael just corrected me on a stat. Oh, don't worry. So cheers I'll to Michael. I'm bourbon agent that, stuff coming up, too. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, put that, that in my that pocket. That you did not correct me on, because you can go visit Boone County Distillery, and they will tell you otherwise. Boone, Boone County as, told you what they thought, huh? I'm in Kentucky. You're in Alabama. <laughs> I'm in the land of bourbon, buddy. Uh, as far as the stat correction, I did want to get a couple of things we got wrong last weekend, our yes, last week's I'm podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Come on, Kyle. You got to be better than this. Ejuanio Suarez did not get over 50 home runs. It was 49 home runs in 2019. And I think Jorge Soler was close to that number as well in 2019 with the Royals because uh, I think he led to AL that year. But that was 49 for Gino. 
But we asked last year, our last podcast, when was the last time someone even got close to 60? It was Giancarlo Stanton in 2017, Aaron Judge's teammate, um, who hit 59 home runs uh, that year. He was on the Marlins. I'm repping my Marlins jersey was, today. Was he Giancarlo at that point already, or was he Mike? I I think he was John. Car- I think that was his first year as John Carlo Car- because he came into the league as Mike Stanton, um, not to be confused with the uh, the pitcher and reliever I believe who also played for the Yankees, uh, Mike Stanton. But uh, to branch off of that, I'm rocking a Miami Marlins sh- jersey. Um, there's some meaning to this one. Uh, I'm going to turn around for the camera. You're not going to hear me on the mic for a second. Oh, man. So that's, Ho- that's Jose cool. Fernandez. Um, I believe two or three days ago was the six-year anniversary of – well, not anniversary, but the six-year mark of – It's been six years, yeah, 2016. That was the year the Cubs won the World Series. Um, he passed away in a boating accident. Uh, man, was he fun to watch. I know Marlins fans, and I think that personality kind of, and and skill. Ah, oh, the per, he was so electric. Like his stuff, his personality, the way he played the game. He hit bombs as a pitcher. He was only twenty three, and he was in the league. You know, he came in the league as a twenty year old. and was immediately twelve and six as a twenty year old. He was a, he was an ace. The definition of an ace. Yep. He was a stud. He came out. I loved his personality. I loved the way he played the game. So that's why I had to grab uh, a Fernandez jersey, and I figured I would rep it today. Also, repping a Major League Bourbon hat uh, today. That was the hat of choice. Figured it would go along with the Major League Bourbon the pick. Uh, the portals. Um, portals. Maybe, okay, portals. Portholes. Like you're opening the portals. Like pool Port holes. Hole. Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's no H in it, though, Michael. There's no H Is in it. Is there an H in, po- in pool holes? No. Okay. Uh, so, Michael, what are you wearing today? Because I know you were excited to show everybody. <laughs> so excited. Everybody see my T-shirt here. So, I, last, last week I went to, you know, the, the AA playoff game uh, here in town. Uh, it was the Cubs affiliate versus my local affiliate, the, the uh, Angels affiliate, the Trash Pandas. And so right now I have on the 2013... Uh, Daytona Cubs, their single A team, won uh, the championship in their uh, in their league, and so it's kind of you know that's when Javi Baez, Javi Baez was on this team, so it's kind of like the feeling. All right, the Cubs single A team won the championship this year. If the double A team can win it, we're just leading right up to another major league level championship team, right? That's that's how it works. Your your minor league teams are winning championships, and of course, in the next year or two or three, then the major league team's gonna win it. No, it makes sense, right? Because those players, right, 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 Brandon. Yeah. Come on, Kyle's give me that. I need yeah. some feedback here, some assurance, because that's that's how it works. That's how it should work. And we'll we'll get into your your trip to the uh, to the game in a second. Um, but I did want to jump in whiskey. Uh, we had a listener last week, uh, walk off in whiskey. He said that any walk off or any. Barrels and Barrels listeners or viewers uh, are going to get 10% off their entire order this week. So if you go to walkoffandwhiskey.com right. and use the code B 
NB, you'll get 10% off your order. So cool stuff there. Big thank you to Walk Off and Whiskey for that. Uh, we'll have some chats with him over the next couple of days. Yeah, he was the one who made the Walk uh, the Whiskey Weather shirt that I was wearing last week. If you watched on YouTube, you're going to be able to find us on YouTube. Uh, and also a cool thing, we're on two other platforms that we didn't talk about last week as well because uh, those were officially accepted. Uh, and that would be iHeartRadio Podcasts along with Google Podcasts. So if you use those as well and you prefer those um, or you're watching us on YouTube, you can check us out. Whatever's there. not blocked at your work location. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle, rocking the red set as always. Yes. So I think we're going to kind of do a segment here where we talk about what we're wearing. Just kind of because I'm going to try to switch it up every week. I've got a lot of baseball stuff. I'm a huge Cubs fan. Brandon just wants to Michael show and I, his outfits. Yeah. OOTD. Outfit of the day, baby. Um, so you mentioned you went to that playoff game last week. Smokies, they beat the Trash Pandas. I've got my Trash Pandas jersey behind me. Um, they beat the Trash Pandas, but you saw a great game. Yeah, great pitching matchup. The first game, I went to, a, it's a th- best of three and so the first game uh, was in uh, Tennessee in Knoxville, home of the Smokies. Um, and so games two and three were at, at, here in Madison. And the first game, game two, uh, if, the, if the Pandas won it, they would have moved on. But it was uh, Ben Brown, the Cubs' number seven overall prospect, who they just traded for this year. He came from the Phillies, I believe. The David Robinson David trade. Robertson. So just a new guy to the organization and has just been doing well ever you know ever since really moving moving to Double A, um, and so he faced off against the Angels number seven overall uh, prospect. So it was seven versus seven, and the game. I'm texting Brandon updates just a little bit. It's Ben Brown, uh, Cubs mm-hmm. prospect. I think he had a he had a perfect game through two and two thirds, and then I text Brandon. Hey, he's throwing a perfect And that moment, that moment, I think I hit send. The pandas had a solo shot over the left field fence. And I think I said, you blew it, Michael. But Ben pitched a great game. He, uh, he, uh, Smokies did end up winning that game, pushing it to game three. Um, So, of course, of course, I went the very next night to that game as well. Um, you did? I did go to that one as well. Yeah, game three. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, and actually, I went. I walked over to the bullpen to see the Smokies starter warming up, and I didn't recognize him. It was Chris Clark. He was a fourth-round pick out of uh, USC. Uh, not a ranked top 30 prospect at all of the Cubs. Um, but I think he went six innings where the Pandas were into their bullpen, I think, in the third inning. Uh, but it, it was not a blowout of any kind. The Pandas did put up a fight. I think they led one time in the in the game before the Smokies took the lead, finally. But uh, kind of cool. I wanted to see the hometown win it, Madison, the Rocket City Trash Pandas, just for the local. And I was cheering for the individual Smokies players. Uh, but in the end, the, the Smokies took it and ended the trash panda season here. It would have been cool to go to a league championship game to see them win it all here locally. Get that, you know, get that T-shirt here locally. But uh, hey, you gotta get the championship T-shirts when you can, man. Well, Everyone and, and lines you want to get Dick's Sporting Goods when Bama wins a fucking championship. Every <laughs> 
I don't think they'd be uh, banging down the doors to get <laughs> your uh, the Rocket City trash pandas. Hey, but I will hey, say, hey, hold the, on. before the you cool say that, thing... they, I mean, when they they had like a record-setting voting for like and uh, the amount of merchandise they sold in their first year for the trash pandas. So, all right, continue, Brandon. That's that's what I was gonna say. Is they had a <laughs> incredible. So thank you, Michael, for cutting me off as I was starting that. Uh, so you went to an MLB, uh, MILB game, major league playoff game, um, minor league playoff game, excuse me. Kyle, you took in a game this past weekend versus the Pirates here in Cincinnati. I did. Uh, I got to take my daughter to a Reds game on National Daughters Day. That's so awesome. was pretty exciting. Okay, that's cool. And was uh, it her first? Not her first. It's no. not her first. No. no. Okay. My wife would not let that happen. She was off seeing <laughs> Hamilton. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Reds won that game. I can't say I took in a lot of baseball. Uh, my daughter is almost two. So we got down, <laughs> sat down, had food, and then it was, uh, I want to go do something else. So uh, I got to see a couple of innings. Got to see Lodolo pitch for the first time this season. Pretty excited about him oh, next yeah. season. He's, he's looked great. And, uh, yeah. And, um, you said Hunter Green? No, Nick no, Lodolo. Nick Lodolo. Oh. Nick Lodolo. Uh, so uh, that was a cool statistic I saw the other day as well. Uh, I got to look it up, but keep going. But the Reds' young pitching staff, watch out, is fire. Mm-hmm. Watch out, dude. Between him, Green, and Ashcraft, mm-hmm. I'm excited for what next season holds. If we can stay healthy, it's. I think the Reds could do anything, but I'm also a Cincinnati sports fan, so I know how that rolls. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I saw more of the play parks than the ballpark. So, uh, as it is with a two or three year old nowadays. Hey, yeah. hey Kyle, did you know that Graham Ashcraft is from Huntsville, Alabama? I did not know that. He played high school here. Do you know where did he go to school, Mike? I, I just, it just, uh, hold on. He went to uh, he he played at UAB and then high UAB and Mississippi State. I don't have his high school, but... Well, I get a big maple hint out of this second pour. Sorry. There's the bourbon portion of the podcast. Bourbon, uh, bourbon baseball podcast. There's your bourbon uh, quota. <laughs> um, so the statistic I saw, Kyle, was pretty cool, especially if you're a fan of uh, the Reds or just the young pitching. Most 100-mile-per-hour pitches by Major League starters this year. I'm going to list off seven, and I'm going to go in reverse order. So number seven is Garrett Cole. He's got 34 pitches of 100 miles per hour or more. Sixth is Shohei Otani, again, a unicorn, a guy who is going to probably hit 25 to 30 home runs a year uh, and, in turn, also hit uh, the 100 miles per hour on a radar gun and win 10 games. He hit a milestone Uni- this week, too, since our last it, podcast, the 200 yes. Ks. Ridiculous. Uh, so he has 40. Uh, Spencer Strider, the rookie for the Braves, has 46. He's in fifth. Another young stud arm in that division, the, uh, the NL East. Sandy Alcantara, uh, 49. Jacob DeGrom, who's only pitched about a quarter to a third of the season. He's in third at 72. He's on that list even? Oh, he's he's, he's on that like list. So, yeah, 72. And he's been terrible the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Uh, second place is Jordan Hicks at 92. 
Hunter Green. There we go. Has the most 100 mile, mile per hour pitches by a starter in the uh, majors this year. Stay healthy. 296. So 204 more than the next best on that list as a starter this year, which is just absolutely wait, wait. How ridiculous. How many more than the next? And 204. 200? Hicks is at 92, and Hunter Green is at 296. And this was as of. Uh, the twenty second. So I believe he's pitched since then. I'm sure that number has gone up, but it's just absolutely ridiculous. And that's another reason why we are not going to see another 700 home run hitter, because pitching is much better, and the velocity in the game over the last three to five years has gone sky high. And that is why we're not going to have another. It might be tough to see a 600er, because you also got to start young. Soto. Probably the only guy who can do it, and I think he's only at like 150 career home runs or thereabouts. I don't, I don't know the exact number. He's 23. He's been in the league for a couple of if years. He wants to chase that. He needs to not re-sign with San Diego and Soto not has get hurt. 24. So 124, uh, and he's 23 years old or 24 years old. I don't know when his birthday is exactly. Deet, 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 deet. So if he's going to so be 17 years. So if he goes to age 40, he's at 123. So that means he still has to get 577 home runs over 17 years. Again, uh, the number's not as bad, 33.94. But he has to average 34 home runs a year for seven. got to do that for 17 years, though. That means 17 years of no injuries, 17 years of not having a down year, 17 years... Well, and that's another thing. Ballparks. The pitching is getting so much better. Um, people nowadays retire younger, right? Like some people take in consideration, I don't want to be playing this game and beating down my body. Um, more so in football and hockey. But still, baseball players retire younger. What happens if a 102-mile-per-hour fastball, God forbid, comes up and hits him in the head? Chris Bryant, to this day, I think the day he got hit by a pitch in Colorado – is where his career has just totally same with his his competitor in the minor leagues the the guy who was Chris Bryant was fighting with for the minor league title of home run leader Mike Holt tops t- top uh, well, stud Mike Mike had Mike Holt had an eye issue too mm-hmm. and that popped up um, so you you don't know so it, it's just it's ridiculous how Amazing Albert Pujols has been in his entire career, and what Judge has done this year. Yeah, age age uh, plays that too. Yep. So, Kyle, you you saw the Pirates and the Reds this past weekend, right? They just played again today. I think they got a four game set. Oh no, was this a makeup game today? I think it was a makeup game today. Makeup game because they're in Chicago here as we move to the weekend, and we'll touch on your trip to Wrigley here in a minute. But you said Chica- not here to- in Chicago. <laughs> Did I say here in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> Brandon will be there too. Uh, um, so the Reds and the Pirates played today. I kind of want to transition this to the reverse standings um, because next weekend or next week's podcast is probably going to be more playoff based because we're going to be at the end of the season. Um, so I want to touch on the reverse standings this year, and it's different 
than in past years. With the new CBA agreement, which is why they had the lockout this past winter, which changed the way things went uh, for the start of the season. And in turn, we had different rules. And that's another thing we can touch on down the road is the rule changes for next year. But we'll get into that in the offseason. Reverse standings, it used to be whoever finished with the worst record in baseball got the number one overall pick. That's not the case this year. You guys know that? Yeah, I still don't think it's very motivating to win but no it's not motivating to win as it used to like as you would hope it would be um i would have loved to see them do something where okay the first team not in the playoffs has a higher percentage to get the pick but the way they're breaking it down this year is the top three teams with the worst records, which right now are Washington, the Nationals at 53 and 101, Oakland at 56 and 98, and Pittsburgh, who are 59 and 97. They get, I think, an 18% or thereabouts chance at getting the It's 16 and a half. Mm-hmm. I've seen different numbers in different sites, um, and it tapers down, and I think it's the top 10, right? The, that get a chance, or is no. it to. Top no, seven. All non-playoff teams get a chance. 18. Really? I, so I haven't seen that. So I thought it was, I thought it was 10, Brandon. I thought it was 10. I, and before the show, I was looking at it, and it's 18. But you're, you're, like you said, your odds taper. So like right now, right. Like, the 18th team is the Brewers. 1%. They're at 0.23%. Okay, so that's their percentage chance of getting. So... Top three get the best chances. The Reds and the Pirates game today. The winner, I believe, is the Pirates. They beat the Reds. Walk off single. So at 50, yeah, really 59 and 97. Right. The Pirates are only up one game, I guess, if you look at it that way, on the Reds for that third uh, best losing percentage. Um but as you go down the list, I mean, Cincinnati, Detroit at five, KC, Miami, Colorado, Texas, the Angels and the Cubs are at 68 and 86 apiece. And I mean, I, I think hopefully it will down the road lead to better things, but I don't think that they got it right this past year. Uh, but hey, you can, only get, you can only get so much done when the owners are saying that they are dealing with biblical losses. So, how much does it cost to take a family of four to a game in the nosebleeds? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, the Cubs have the highest game day experience or the second highest, depending on who you look. I thought I saw Forbes had the Red Sox as one of the top right. ones, but uh, it, it teeters between those two partially because it's Wrigley Field and Fenway, but also because. The Cubs were good for so long. The Red Sox were good for so long. They haven't dropped their prices. As someone who's a season ticket holder, I know that they stayed stagnant. Um, where the product on the field that they're doing, really, they shouldn't be charging the prices they should. But people still go to the games. Yeah. Um, so that was the reverse standings. The playoff standings right now, I think Major League Baseball, when they added that sixth playoff team, thought that they were going to get a much better race. <laughs> We've got a really good one. But boy... There is nothing other than the NL East to really watch over the next seven days. And there's seven days of baseball watch. left. Uh, I mean, the, the wild card, there's there's a decent race in the AL. And the NL, I don't think the Brewers are going to have enough juice to get there. Uh, but, boy, 
I mean, the NL East is a hell of a matchup. The, coming into tonight, both teams were tied with the same record. Um, I don't. Do you know why they list the Braves first? Head to head in that division. So if they're head to head at the end of the season, the Braves. Yeah, have... but the Mets, the Mets have won nine, and the Braves, the Braves have won seven. Against so each the other? Mets have the head. Yeah, I did the breakdown so today. It might be just your, the standing site that you're looking at just has runs scored, maybe as it was MLB.com. Okay, I'm looking, which is why I was confused, um, because the Mets have won nine and the Braves have won seven. They go into this weekend with an incredible series. Um, the Braves have to win all three to get that tiebreaker, I would assume, because this year it is head-to-head matchup, which is a tiebreaker. So yeah, it's what a, maybe what a ML- weekend it's going to be. The pitching matchups. I mean, you would expect, so you know, one to zero could win the game for you. Especially with the back end bullpen of Kenley Jansen, and I know the Braves have had some issues down the uh, down the road with their bullpen at times this year, but you've got Kenley Jansen. I think you're you're decent in uh, the Mets with uh, uh, that'll be a fun matchup this weekend. How can you not it's, you know, feel that energy in the stadium if you're that guy? Yeah. Uh, but the the wild card races they're okay. They're not like they're not awesome. The NL is uh, pretty but like boring. The, the AL. Yeah, that one's better because of the guy. You got a team that is one team that nobody thought was going to be there. The Orioles, and they're sitting as of tonight. I think two and a half, or is it three, three and, and a half? half? Three and a half. Bunch um, of kids. Yeah, and they're they're coached very well. Brandon Hyde, uh, former bench coach for the uh, the Cubs, he's been around the game a long time. He got his first gig with the Orioles a couple of years ago. Uh, when they were absolutely tanking, and now they're they're playing well, and their best players are starting to come up. Uh, and they tr- the the craziest part is they traded away who theoretically could have been their best player at the deadline in Trey Mancini, and they've still held up. He went to Seattle, right? Houston. Houston. Did he go to Houston? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He went to the Astros, and then he hit a home run with the Astros in his first at bat and then in his first uh, in his return to Baltimore as an Astro he hit a bomb so that's kind of cool um it's just and the and the Baltimore doesn't have an easy schedule to finish it out they they've got the Yankees and Toronto to finish it out they're chasing Toronto which would help them um and they're also chasing Tampa Bay so it's Tampa uh, and then Seattle is also in that, right? It's Toronto, Tampa, Seattle as of last look, I thought, it's right? Tor- yeah, Toronto, Tampa, Seattle. Toronto has what a, a three-game lead over them. Uh, over, over, over Seattle, who has a last spot. So over, over Seattle. Baltimore, so he, they, they got a six and a half. half, yeah. So you could almost give Toronto a spot. And, Their elimination number is probably one. And that's another thing I didn't even put on our agenda. Kyle, are you here? (laughs) I'm still here. Uh, So, and then Tampa's got a, let's see, 
five game lead on Baltimore. So it's Baltimore. I think I, I wouldn't say Toronto probably has that spot. At least one of the three spots. They now they play Boston for their uh, second to last series. But what could be very interesting is Toronto and Baltimore play the final three games against each other of the season. So that that could be a very interesting matchup to end the season. Say Toronto doesn't do well against Boston, and that brings their three-game lead down. That last game of the season could mean who gets in. That could that could be very interesting to watch because then Tampa has uh, easier easier schedule. I say their last three games are against Boston, but then Seattle couldn't ask for better matchups to end the season. Three games against Oakland and then three games against Detroit. So five, yeah. two of the five, two out of the t- bottom five teams there couldn't yeah. ask for better matchups to finish, finish the season. Well, while we wait for Brandon to come back, uh, next on the docket was quirky stuff. As he, decided, as he said, <laughs> crazy plays or things that happened in baseball this week. Uh, Michael, do you have anything? No, but if if you're okay, I want to go back to the Mets and Braves series for this weekend. Oh, I missed that. that one. Yeah, we talked. We we well talked about it. But the Mets and Braves pitching matchup, they face each other Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday is ba- Chris Bassett versus Max Freed. Freed is thirteen and seven with a two point five ERA. Saturday, you've got Degrom versus Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright, who was. Wondering if he was even going to be on the Braves this, you know, the last, this this year, or he's going to be traded as a reclamation project. The guy is twenty and five with a three point one eight ERA. So, who was looking like a, you know, hey, I hope he can contribute this year is the Braves, you know, highest game winner. You know, wins don't necessarily mean mean anything too much. You know, they mean something, but it's a little silly stat. And then. I'm back to, to wrap it up the weekend Sunday. Oh, hey, Brandon. <laughs> hey, we kept it going. Sunday, I, I figured is you did. Mad Max versus Charlie Morton, the veteran. Charlie, both veterans. Um, Morton's already at 200 Ks, and then the Braves still have Spencer Strider, their 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 surprise of the year, guy who started the year in AAA. And he's not even in this. So the Braves, usually you go into the playoffs wanting three studs of starting pitchers. Usually that game one guy will go game four. The Braves got at least four. I mean, four guys that will will shut an offense down. So that is yeah. really some fun game and, to and watch they can, this weekend. If they get the bye, they'll be able to set up the rotation they want going into that Division series. And you, you say that, but then the Braves might even have an advantage of having four guys that, hey, if they do win oh, that true. wild card, yeah. they've got, got, they don't have to go on a short rest. Right. So the Mets but, do have I mean, Carrasco as their top guy, as their fourth guy. I wouldn't say fourth guy, but the guy who's not pitching this weekend. He's, he's, no, he's no slump, so. No, and he just came back a couple years ago after having cancer. Mm-hmm. So that's a heck of a story and a comeback story. I know he did it with the Guardians. Back then they were the Indians, but uh, that's cool stuff. 
Uh, I know we've gone qu quite long here already, but uh, we got a couple more things to touch on, so let's go quick. Uh, I have quirky stuff written on here, and you guys are like, what's quirky I'm stuff? I'm, gl I'm uh, glad you're back for the quirky stuff, right, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to do quirky stuff? Brandon didn't tell us about this one. Um, Tony Kemp. Do you know Tony Kemp, Kyle? Uh, he's a versatility player. He's on the Oakland A's right now. He's played with Cubs. He's been around. I think he played for the Padres at one point. He made an incredibly acrobatic catch. I believe it was last night. Yeah. You got to go check it out. Uh, we had it on our Instagram story. Insane. So that was one of the quirky things. Like just the way he moved his body to catch that. And a big shout out to Tony Kemp. He responded to us on Instagram. Yeah, so cool. cheers to you. Yeah. Uh, another couple things I saw. Did you see Acuna's home run yesterday? Yes. The laser that, oh my, oh, it got out in like 1.9 seconds. He really didn't even look like smoke. he got into it all that much. You know, he's standing in the box. He oh. kind of was standing a little awkward on the swing. Wonder, I wonder about Acuna's health of his of his legs. I'm, but yeah, yeah. that. I'm, I'm going to, yeah. He's, he's going to be the wild card for the Braves in the playoffs. I was going to say I'm going to break a law right now. It's a bourbon podcast, but I'm going with beer in a, dug, in a dugout mug because I figured it's a drinking podcast as well, and it's a baseball podcast. So shout out to well, dugout mug. You have mugs. to show me what you're drinking. You can, you, what hmm. is it? It's Braxton. It's a local brewery. This is called their garage beer, and it's the lime. It's their summer version. Um Cool story. Braxton Brewing was developed on Braxton Drive in Union, Kentucky, which is the street that I drew, I live on. It was actually five houses down where they created their signature beer called Garage Beer, hence having a case of Garage Beer. So I figured that could bend the rules on the bourbon portion of the podcast. I didn't know you had a dugout mug. Mm-hmm. So shout out to dugout mugs. Um so more quirky stuff. Not only that, uh, 24 years ago tonight, uh, in 1998, was the 163rd game of the season. It was the Cubs and the Giants. Uh, winner went on to the playoffs. Loser didn't what go. Year? Uh, 1998. Oh, it was the year the Cubs. Go ahead. The Cubs played uh, the Giants. That was Sam Sammy Sosa year. I just saw a highlight, Michael Jordan throughout the first pitch. I was actually at that game in third grade with a broken ankle, uh, with a cubby blue cast sitting in section like 148 in the last How'd row. How'd you break it? Uh, uh, fell downstairs getting chased. We're third graders, you know. Quite the athlete at third grade, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was 20 stairs, and I walked on it for two days before my mom took me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shout out, mom. Uh, as far as that, that was just cool to like think 24 years ago. That was like... When did the wild card start? Wrong. That was the game 163. So it was the first wild card game 163, I believe, because I thought the wild card started after the, uh, the strike wasn't it in the early 1990s? 94, 95. I, I only ask 94. because I feel like I remember the Cubs having... I have a t-shirt of Cubs winning the wild card. I want to say it's from 98. It was 98 because that was the wild card. Oh, Whoever okay. won that won the wild card. And then they got on to play the Braves in 1998 and got swept in two games. That was what the Braves did back then uh, with when you're rolling out Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. 
Uh, other quirky Brad. stuff. Um, Tyler Glasnow came back. Uh, he'd missed the last 14 months, which is a wild card for the Rays. He's a stud pitcher. He hit 99. He he had Tommy John surgery. So it's a wild card for the fact that he's got a fresh arm. He hasn't thrown 100-plus innings. He came back pretty but quick. 14 months since his surgery. Uh, how accurate and how consistent is he going to be able to be? If you get lightning in a bottle... Stud. Is he starting or coming out of the bullpen? I didn't. I thought. I think started? he started last night, and he hit ninety nine on the gun, just to show you how. Was that last Tommy night? Or was that tonight? Was it last night? I thought it was last night. It could have been tonight, uh, but I saw a story. He hit ninety nine, and then the last one I wanted to talk about. I woke up to this morning. Do you know who Richard Blyer is? That a player. He's a player, Richard Blyer. I didn't know who he was until today. He pitches for the Miami Marlins. He got three box oh, in the God. same at bat. <laughs> it was, was the first time a pitcher set, got. Right? Yeah. And uh, three box in the same at bat. And uh, for those of you who aren't baseball fans and you've made it this far into the podcast, somehow, some way, a box is hard to describe, but you know there it are when rules. You see it. Yeah, you know it when you see it. When there's a runner on base, a pitcher has rules that he has to follow um, to not deceive said runner. Uh, and if you break the rule, the runner gets the next base without the ball being put into play. Uh, there are some more technicalities to it, but that's the nitty-gritty of what a balk is. Not a walk, but a balk spelled B-A-L-K. Um, he had three of them in the same inning. In the same at-bat, which I don't know if that's ever been done before, but in the same inning hadn't been done since 1988. None of us were alive back then uh, that are on this podcast because um, I was born in 89. So, But the cool part of that, their manager lost his mind. But Don Mattingly, that was another thing that happened since our last podcast. Don Mattingly and the Marlins are going to split after the end of the year. They've agreed. And that was what I have for managers on this list is what managers we're getting towards the end of the year. That's another thing that will probably happen between now and the end of uh, next week or before we pod next week is other managers that could potentially be fired. Right now, I've got five that are on the outs, a potential six, depending on – well, five that are gone. Madden, Girardi, Montoya, uh, Montoyo. And Chris Woodward got fired by Texas, and Mattingly already has uh, agreed that he's heading out. I saw a report that Tony LaRusso will not be back with the White Sox next year. That has not been confirmed by the team, though, so that is still why it's it's at a six. But I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight potential names on what I would consider the hot seat. Um, So I wanted to list them to you and and see what you guys thought. Don Mattingly? Uh, he's the Kansas City Royals manager. No, no, no say that again. He's Hold been on. there. Don Mattingly? Uh, M- Mike Matheny, excuse me. Uh, Don Mattingly's with the Marlins. Mike Matheny, excuse me, he's with the Royals. He's been there. This is his third year, but I think he's on the outs. I think that that's tough because he hasn't had product on the field, you know. But they just fired the general manager and the president of the team. Yeah, that doesn't bode well. He's finished. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's finished in fourth place every year. Uh, in a and it's likely division. he's going to fit. Yeah. So, but man, the Royals think, have had two two studs come up: Bobby Witt, Vinny Pasqu- Pasquantino, two absolute studs. That Kansas City should not be in the top in the bottom ten next year. Right. I think I think when you get a new vice president or a new president and a new general manager, they want their guy. Absolutely. Um, so I would say that's a name. Uh, I put Mark Kotze. I don't think he's on the hot seat, but when you finish second to last in a league with Oakland, they didn't hand him anything. He knew what he was in. I think he's fine. But I put it when you're finishing second to last in the league, there's always the Houston Texans fired their coach last year after being terrible. Obviously, football different than baseball, but still. The other one is an intriguing name, uh, Rocco Baldelli with the Twins. Um, he's been there since 2019, so this is his fourth season. Uh, but last year they finished fifth, and it looks like unless a miracle happens, they had a elimination game number of one coming into tonight. So for all intents and purposes, they gone. Yeah, that's, is he around next the, year? The Twins had a disappointing season this year. Signing Correa, they, that was supposed to be their their push. Finally, they well, and they kind of collapsed too. I think they were in first place in that division up until the beginning of this month or the middle of August. So the, over the last six weeks, it's kind of been a spiral. They haven't been great. They haven't been bad, but they haven't been good. Thoughts. I'm not hip into managers. So, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think more people put more stock in baseball managers are weird um, because it's the only sport where the coach is dressed up with players. Yeah. Part of part um, of the MLB, it's, it's a, I mean, NBA has a long season too, but NFL, what, 18 games? MLB is a long season. And you mm-hmm. wonder how much of it is actually coaching of, actually calling to the bullpen like how many mistakes how yeah. how, how hard can that be i mean we've seen right. gabe kapler with the phillies made some big mistakes bullpen wise when he was there mm-hmm. but some of it is clubhouse just to keep your guys positive and not to jump right back to the cubs but the cubs were april and may were terrible but now you look at their second half and if they would have had that same pace they would be competing for a wild card so clubhouse mentality and the po- keeping everybody positive Really, and keeping things fun. You know, if you're, if you're the Washington yeah. Nationals right now or o- Oakland A's, what's yeah. fun about being that bad? Okay, a couple more names to go through. Tori uh, Lovulu. Lov- I can't. I can never say his name. Tori Lavolo uh, of the Diamondbacks. That team consistently bad. They've been to the playoffs once, I think, under him. He's been there since 2017. I think he's on the hot seat. But another interesting name is Craig Council with the Brewers. I think so. I think Craig Council. It's 2016. He's been with the team. They've had success, but this year they were spo- this year was supposed to be their year in the division. They were given a win-loss record expecting to be above 90 wins. They're not going to make that this year. They're likely going to miss out on the playoffs. Sometimes a shakeup is what will help that team. Kyle, can you look up what they were at the All-Star break, what the Brewers, what the standings were? Because when they, when they traded yeah, Hader. How, how are you telling your, your clubhouse, we are all in, and you're going to trade your All-Star closer? 
probably one of the best lefties in the league out of the bullpen. Who has been trash since he got traded. So, but hey, but, he has turned it around in the last like five appearances. But yes, but I mean, and then I got three more names: Bud Black in Colorado. They haven't really given him a team to work with, but uh, they, they other paid than a big baseman left fielder. They signed, you know, a stud. They paid big money for this guy, and he pay, he played forty games. Forty two games. The Brewers, yeah. Brewers head into the All Star break. First place in the division, half game lead for the second straight season, fifty forty three. Yeah, they're 50-43, and, and I don't think that they played anywhere near where they should be. I think they're right about 500 since then. 50-43, they're what 82 now? 82-72. 82-72. and 72. So they've gained their three games above 500 in the second half, which is not good enough if you're going down the stretch. I think that's the same just, record as the Cubs in the second half. Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, so that's just why I would put him on the hot seat. I don't know whether or not he'll get fired. but I hear he's I mean, a likable guy. He, I, I, I hear that. He, he is like a likable guy. Um, but sometimes change is just what a clubhouse needs. And that's the I think they change. petered out last year. Yeah. Um, Bud Black, I mentioned him. I think he's out. Uh, Rockies didn't really give him much to work with, but he hasn't been to the playoffs since 2018. We're in 2022, so that's four years. At a certain point, like I said, change. The other two are interesting, um, more so because Davey Martinez with uh, Washington Nationals. They just won the World Series a couple years ago, uh, but they're last. Again, similar to why I put Katze on that list. I know they've dealt with injuries, they dealt with trades, they weren't supposed to be good, but also, until he won the World Series, Davey hadn't had the best track record in Washington either. So I think he's on the hot seat. And the last one is Derek Shelton, the Pirates manager. He's only been there for this is his third year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he... Pirates like to do that, save some money. Save some money! <laughs> Yeah, anything to save money in Pittsburgh and Oakland. Yeah. Oh. yeah All I'm right. interested to see what that looks like in the offseason. MLB mm-hmm. offseasons are always the most fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Once in, it hits December in, and they get to those GM meetings, that's where everything takes off. Really starts to take off. Uh, we may have to do like an emergency pod during the uh, the GM meetings. Well, you mean we're not going to the hotel? Who do they host them? And do it live there from, from the hotel? <laughs> Facebook and Instagram lives on what the latest... Can Hey, Theo, can you give us the latest rumblings on what's going on in Major League Baseball? Um, moving on from there, because uh, I know we're getting a little long here. We've got some buddies. The podcast I was on back when I lived in Huntsville. They're called Reaching for the Bars, and they have challenged us to Sober October, which is kind of a slap in the face being what's behind Michael and I, but there are some rules behind Sober October. Uh, it's a point system. It doesn't mean you have to be totally sober. I think we challenge these son of a guns because I think we can do it as Michael pops <laughs> open a bottle. Um, it's not just totally sober October, but it's more about a health, uh, conscious month. Um, reaching for the bars, some good buddies of mine, they are a more so a health podcast. They're more of 
I'd call a cornucopia podcast because they talk about a whole bunch of crap uh, ranging from CrossFit to trivia to health to just random stuff. Like, you name it, they've got different episodes. Go check them out. They challenge us. I think I'm going to accept this. Yeah, I accept Kyle? Kyle accepts. Michael, it's on you. I haven't looked at the criteria. You said it was health. It's health. So working, you've got to meet a minimum criteria of, I believe, 100 push-ups and 200 air squats every day. uh, And that's a point. If you miss that, you lose two points. You lose a point for every single 200 air squats and... 100, 100 push-ups. push-ups every day. Uh, and we can work with them. But they're, they've got a list of criteria. You can find that on their Instagram. Uh, so if any of our listeners want to join in on that, I'm going to try it. Doesn't mean you have to be totally sober, but it may mean you have to cut back. I'll still be drinking and still be doing bourbon reviews on our podcast because it would kind of be a death knell to a bourbon podcast if we didn't drink bourbon on it. I don't know. It works for me. <laughs> Mr. Water. Uh, Water boy. So a, a big shout out to them uh, for calling us out in their podcast. They've got a pretty good following. They're in North Alabama. Uh, again, you can find them reaching for the bars. They're on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my guys, Dusty, Mabry, Caleb, and Andrew, who is their executive producer. They're all good guys. But the cool thing about their bets within each other is the loser of there's one winner there's three losers among the four of them the three losers have to run a half marathon on november 12th (laughs) they'll be doing the huntsville yeah i'm not doing that i'm not joining in on that because november 12th is my birthday and also i work saturdays uh but i was hoping if they did it they would do it in nashville they're doing it in huntsville because nashville be a little bit closer to go egamont but a big hat, hat tip to them and a big shout out to them as far as RFTB, um, that's the way they their uh, letters are, RFTB, Reaching for the Bars. Uh, they got some cool merchandise while I was there. They've got some cool t-shirts. It made me think uh, I wanted to pose the question to some viewers. Is there merchandise of ours that you would like us to make? Is there some thoughts? I, th- I was thinking Glencairn glasses or Whiskey Rocks glasses, maybe some t-shirts, a hat, stickers. And you got, yeah, we, oh, I thought you were going to reach for the bobblehead. Yeah, I'm like, you got a new bobblehead, Kyle, didn't Where's you? You got a, a Marty? I got the Hall of Famer, yeah. I've got that Carrie Wood one. He just kissed it. For those of you who are listening to the podcast and heard a kissing noise, <laughs> it wasn't Michael kissing Kyle's ass. It was Michael kissing his bobblehead, uh, which you can only see on YouTube. And that's where you can also find us. So if you do have any tips or thoughts or some things you want to see made into merchandise, a hat, shirts, whatever, send us a message and uh, we'll look into it. And if anybody can make some t-shirts or anybody who has some background in it wants to hit us up, let us know. I'm jumping out to you. Dad's Drinking Bourbon Podcast. Uh, As far as next week, uh, next week's going to be a big week. We're going to record on Wednesday, which will be October the 5th. And that should drop October the 6th. So the agenda or the outlook for that one, uh, of course, we're going to be talking bourbon, some sort of bourbon review. Michael and I will probably be on the same page for this one. I already have an you idea on what you would you would think. Somebody who bought four bottles of the bottle that I have would I, at I, least I, have I, kept one thumbs up. I, I was looking out for you. my cardinal friends, man. 
Yeah, well, your cardinal friend should have at least given you at least a sample, if not a couple of bores. You posted about it on your Instagram account. When you can find Kyle uh, and Michael on Instagram, opposed to last week, we were talking about where you could find them. We'll get to that in a second. Next week, uh, final standings will be here because Wednesday next week is the final day of the year. And by that point in time, most of the teams have given up if they're out of it or... If there's a playoff race, we'll talk about that. Well, but we'll have the playoff. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a setup of the playoffs, uh, what our thoughts are, and we'll go a little more into what the matchups and then our pre- playoff predictions, predictions will be. So Maybe that'll be a cool some, uh, some, you know, loser has to do something of the worst prediction. We'll have to figure out some points system or something like that, like develop a bracket. Uh, we can do that. Um, we'll do that bourbon review. Kyle, you've got a big weekend on the way. Yeah, I'm gonna be in your homeland. We go mm-hmm. to Wrigley for the first time. Oh, sweet! First trip to. I've been uh, to Chicago. I've never been to Wrigley. To the friendly confines. And they're playing the Reds. Oh, the Reds. That's awesome. For you come play the Reds the final six of the year. So hopefully, I can make Monday or Tuesday next week here at Great American Ballpark, and we can talk on that. But more so, I want to hear Kyle's review of Wrigley, um, the sights and sounds, because you're going with some guys in the family, right? Yeah, my wife's whole side of the family. Okay, so is that your father-in-law, brother-in-law, and all that? Yeah, my father-in-law and both my brother-in-laws. Cool. Do you have tickets already? Um, Do you know where you're sitting? Decent seats, from what I've heard. Decent That's all all you've been told. Yeah, I know nothing of what's going on. Show up Friday morning, get in the car, and go. Well, a quick tip. Go check out Sluggers. Go check out Murphy's, which is two different bars in town. Why would uh, there's a, I mean, well, <laughs> It's more so for the ambiance. <laughs> I know you don't drink. Wrigleyville, uh, baby. It's, it's the environment. Um, Wrigleyville is a lot different now than it was five, six years ago. Um, if you went 10 years ago... It looks nothing like it does now. Uh, the Ricketts family um, have pumped a lot of money into that place. Um, where are you staying? You don't know. Okay. Well, uh, send me a text when you get there. Hey, have a great Kyle's trip, Kyle. <laughs> I was told I'm going to Chicago. This might be a kidnapping. Yeah. Uh, well, um, Wrigleyville is a unique place. It's cool. Take your picture in front of the marquee. Uh, walk around the outside. I know you've done that already, but on game day, it's a different experience. Um, out by the bleachers. Uh, I don't know how it's going to be this weekend, being it's the last week in the season. Both teams are out of it. School's in session, but it is a weekend. It's always hit or miss towards the end and the beginning. Of, well, more so the end of the season because the beginning, there's still some hope. Uh now Until the no second hope. week of the season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely useless by September is what I used to be told. Uh, and then we'll talk uh, not only about Kyle's trip, but also uh, some award season are going to be kicking up, whether that's manager of the year, rookie of the year, um, in both leagues, Cy Young and all that. Uh, we'll... I don't know how much we'll dive into that, but that's just a preview of what's coming up for next week. Um, so that's what you can look forward to. The podcast today we're recording is September 28th uh, as of 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so anything that has happened after that, uh, 
You'll know. But hey, but Aaron, we, Aaron Judge home run, man. We saw it. It happened here live. Yeah. Yeah, we did. That was cool. So cheers to episode two in the books, boys. Where can we find the two of you? Because last week it was a different spot. Now you've got new Instagram handles. Yeah, you can find me at at BNB underscore Rhodes. And that's N, right? B-N-B. B-N-B okay. and Rhodes is R-H-O-D-E-S. And uh, and it's going to be under our names on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm B-N-B underscore Burns. And you can find me at WXSpinner89. But for the most part, if you're a bourbon follower, just look for whiskey underscore weather. Um, we're also on Twitter. Uh, that is at Barrels, the letter N, Barrels. Because Twitter only allows you to have a certain amount of characters, and A N D would not fit in the middle, so we went with the N. So barrels and barrels on Instagram, barrels underscore the word and underscore barrels. Uh, which shout out, Michael, you noticed something earlier today on Instagram. We hit two hundred already. So 200 followers. Uh, so big shout out to you guys. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash barrels and barrels pod. Uh, if you type it in or just search barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast, you can email us. You can YouTube us. We're also on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, along with Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So to you, everybody who's listened, everybody who's made it this far, cheers to you. We'll see you and we'll hear you next week. Cheers.